Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Shaden, and this is a recording of our Bible study at Hope Collective Church that meets every Wednesday at 6.30 in the evening. If you are in between ages 18 to 40 years old, you are welcome to join. But for now, please enjoy this week's episode. So blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. This right here, in my opinion, is like the climax of the Beatitudes. So in order to understand this scripture, we have to break apart what peacemaker actually means. And this, is, this can get a little bit complicated because when we want to look at what words mean in the Bible, we cross-reference it and we kind of make a conclusion, right? This word peacemaker is only found in this beatitude. So it's a bit challenging. But we have here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, a word that's a bit similar to peacemaker. And that is, for it was a father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Peace is costly. Peace is not, in a sense, free. And the peace that we're talking about here is not, oh, let's just be happy, happy, joy, joy. Let's love everyone. Let's wear flowers in our ears and do hula hoop and be hippies. Right? It's not really talking about that type of peace. It's talking about a reconciliation, something that costs something. You guys have heard of the term peace child? It's what tribes would do way back then, where a chief of a tribe would offer up his own son to another tribe so that blood will not be shed. Because if that child is offered up to another tribe, that child is going to become a man, that man's going to marry, that, mar- that, that man's going to have kids, and you don't want to kill your grandchildren or your family, right? There's peace there done with a high price of sacrifice. Jesus was a man that promoted peace, not through weapons, war, right? Came through Jerusalem on a donkey, and that meant a king of peace, bringing upon peace. And we see throughout scriptures, he's always being interrupted by people, by things that are happening that should cause irritation, that should cause anger. Oh, he was angry sometimes. And he always responds in a way that kind of brings peace. And we see that deliberately on the cross. On the cross, where there is hatred, there is violence. What did Jesus do in response to that? This right here is what peace means. He did not retaliate through hatred. Instead, he absorbed that hatred and he transformed it into mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers. That means when something comes against you, and there's hatred, there's gossip, there's all types of things coming towards you, you can react, and you can snap, or you can absorb it, or allow the Holy Spirit to absorb it, and you can respond in a different matter. Peace is not, oh, we love everybody, yeah, you can do whatever you want, be whoever you want, yeah, yeah, as long as you're not hurting someone, I get it. But what the peace is talking about here is when there's something that is going against you, when there's confusion, when there's anger, strife, Issues, you do your best to resolve it in a manner that brings peace. Jesus is very different than superheroes. Think about it. Superman, Spider-Man, all those guys, X-Men, whatever. They're evil guys, right, coming to destroy. And they end up destroying the evil guys. They end up doing the same act that the evil guys wanted to do, which was to kill. Jesus is a lot different because when there are guys coming to kill... He doesn't respond and kill those guys. He responds with, Father, forgive them, for they have no idea what they do. He absorbed the hatred. He absorbed the misunderstanding. 
And he responded with, it's okay. You, you have no idea what you're doing. It's okay. You can whip me. You can nail me on the cross. That's, that's okay. Because my agenda here is about peace. I'm the prince of peace. <clears throat> we have three other scriptures here with the word peace. And all these scriptures here is written by Paul. Well, you could kind of debate if the, the one in Hebrew is written by Paul or not. But here... Supposedly, Paul said, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And he's talking to Hebrews here, who are Christians. There's a lot of disputes going on, a lot of issues, a lot of doubts and disbelief. And he's going, make every effort to live in peace with these people. Live a holy life. We're going to see that that word peace and living the holy life is synonymous. Okay, the next one. 2 Timothy 2, 24-25. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Huh. How many of us here are guilty of that? Must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach, to be patient with difficult people. I'm so guilty of that. Gently, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Gently instruct. Perhaps God will change these people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Here, Paul is instructing a man how to do kind of evangelism. Hey, this is, how, this is how, what's going to happen. There's going to be people who come against you. Confusion. But do, do what you can to promote peace. Do not quarrel. Next one. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Let's not forget that the Romans were the ones that crucified Jesus. Paul is going to the Romans. He has a heart for these people. And he's saying, do all you can to live in peace with everyone. So my question to you guys is how has your interactions been with people lately? People who kind of rub you the wrong way. People who oppose your truth. A few days ago, as I was studying and getting ready for Bible study about peacemaking, I had to go to work. And I work for the shuttle business where I pick up people and shuttle them back and forth. And so, you know, I'm driving, I'm doing my thing, and I, and I you know, I get to my, my certain area to pick people up. And there's a group of people, and they're waiting, because we're busy. And I say, hey guys, I'm so sorry that um, I'm late. Thank you so much for waiting. And you know, there's a guy that came straight off the plane, and he goes, well, we didn't have a choice. And right away I said, you could have walked, that was a choice. <laughs> and that was like, and that was like right off my tongue. Like, I had... I didn't have a second to think about that response, right? That was like my immediate reaction. After it came out of my mouth, I was like, dang, <laughs> you know? Um, like, dang. But then, um, but, but then I, I tried to like, I was serious. I was just like, bro, don't be coming at me, you know? But I kind of turned it around and like made it kind of like a funny kind of a thing afterwards. Super convicted, right? As I'm teaching this today, this is peace. It's not the absence of quarrels. It's transmitting the quarrels with love and mercy. So the next point here. Sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Okay. Peacemakers and sons of God, like I said, are very synonymous. They're very closely related to one another. Because there's so many things that happen like in scriptures, and we're, we're going to talk about some, some examples here, where Christians respond a certain way in the heat of like death or murder, and they respond in a way that's abnormal. 
And you look at it and you go, it's only the work of the Holy Spirit that that could have happened, right? Like I have a good friend that was killed in a drunk driving accident. And I'm real close with this family. And I meet up with them. And the guy, that the, my uncle, who is the father of this kid that was killed, said, all we can do is pray for the driver, that he receives the Lord. This is like three days after his son was killed. His son, his youngest son was killed. That's heavy. In those moments, I look, I, I think that right there has to be from the Holy Spirit. A child of God can only respond in such devastating news with, let's love him. Let's pray for him. That's all we can do. You may have heard of this person, Elizabeth Elliot. She is a legend for missionaries or for Christians, like absolutely legend. There's this tribe in, in, in Ecuador, okay, called the, well, they, the area, the people in that area nicknamed this tribe the AUCA, Auca. They, they, they named this tribe Auca, and that, in that language it means savages. Because this tribe, okay, is, was known to be the most notorious tribe for violence in all of the world. And historians say this, okay? who have studied different tribes around the world, they say this is actually the gnarliest tribe in all of the world. In this area, they were known for eating people. In fact, when they would have tribal wars and they would have prisoners of war, they, wouldn't, they would keep prisoners and fatten them up. So when a feast came, they would rotisserie this person and eat them. These tribes are notorious for violence, for cannibalism. Elizabeth Elliot and her husband, I think her husband name, husband name was Jim, and a team of like five were flying over, putting a, like a speaker system out. So they were saying over the speaker system, like, hey, we want to be your friend, right? right? We come in peace. And they would drop little gifts like knives and you know, clothes and uh, blankets and stuff. So they were trying to do everything to reach this tribe for Jesus. And so after a certain time, they're like, okay, I think now it's time to go and visit this tribe. So they go to visit and basically they were killed immediately. She wasn't on that trip because she just gave birth and her child was a newborn baby, a few months or whatever, several months old, so she stayed behind. But she heard news that her husband was killed by these people and they may actually end up eating her husband. Imagine that. About a year later, she decides, okay, it's time to go and go back to that tribe and reach them. She got a team together and went back. And she ends up saving this tribe. She ends up actually moving into this tribe with her three-year-old daughter. And, and a couple other um, members of the families that were killed, like I think a sister or a wife of the, one of the team members, they end up moving into the tribe, living with these people, caring about these people, and they become believers. That is serious peacemaking. It took work. It took sacrifice. The most devastating news could have happened, and they go, yeah, but we're still meant to love. In one of the interviews, they ask you, how did you end up forgiving and having peace with your husband's killers? She said, you have empathy and compassion, and you try to understand where they came from. She said, the Auka was trying to preserve their own way of life, their own liberty, 
They believed the foreigners were a threat to that liberty, so they felt that they had every right to kill. In America, we decorate a man for defending his country. So all, all she did was, they're doing the exact same thing that, that we do. What I learned from her is that you understand the other person's perspective. It doesn't make murder okay. It doesn't make wrongdoing okay. But at least you can try and understand where they're coming from. Like the whole Israel and Palestine thing, you can understand why the Palestinians are, are pissed off. You can understand why the Israelis are pissed off. It doesn't make any of what they do justifiable, but it, in a way you can understand that these people are human. They're dealing with hurt. Both sides are dealing with massive amounts of hurt and damage, right? You can't paint someone an enemy when you try to, try to put their shoes on and try to understand where they're coming from. You get compassion for them. And even, though, and even if their worldview is way out of line and you'll never agree with them, the least you can do is go, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Yes, they're killing people. They may be eating people. They may be dropping bombs on children. Hamas has killed many children. We don't understand that. But the least that we can do is what Jesus did on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do because they don't know what they're doing. We look at them and, and we think they're monsters. But I bet you, in their eyes, they're going, we're liberating something. We're, we're martyrs. We're freeing the state. Or, or maybe some of them are, are there for power and money. I don't know. But they think they're, what they're doing is justifiable. They're, they're living for a good cause. We don't understand it. But we understand the gospel of grace and mercy. I hope. And if you do understand the gospel of grace and mercy, you will respond, not with hatred, not like Trump, but he said, bomb the shit out of them. Instead, you'll respond with, we can love them and pray for them anyway. They're all God's children anyway. His heart is broken for them. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Another example is Nelson Mandela. There's this famous quote. As I walked out the door towards the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. He was in prison for 27 years for, for being black, basically, and, and going against the apartheid. He was in prison for that many years, and he's walking out of prison going, I need to forgive them, otherwise I'll be still in prison. And this man became the president and, and, and brought upon peace in that country that was known for slaughter and war and hatred. He could have responded way differently 27 years incarcerated for being black, that segregation is not right, that white superiority is not right, and he's in prison for that. He could have turned around and been a radical, but he didn't. He absorbed all that, and he said, you know what, it's not about this. It's about freedom for all. Another story are these two men, Malcolm X. Martin Luther King Jr., they had, a, they had very similar goals. I'm not going to say they had the same goal, because they didn't. But they had very similar goals with uh, like racial discrimination, civil rights. But they went at it in two very different ways. One, Martin Luther King went to it and said, we're just going to pro protest peacefully. We're going to do all that we can in a peaceful manner. We're not going to stir up violence. We're going to love. We're going to have mercy. And the other one said, with in any means necessary. A lot of hatred, 
toward white people. I love it, that one was a Christian. And the other one actually said Christianity is, is a white man's religion. Which is interesting because Jesus was not a white man. When done correctly, peace will always prevail. So blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be sons of God. Obviously, I am not here yet. <laughs> if I see someone and they say something to me and I, and I quickly respond with, well, you should have walked. That's evidence that I still got a lot of work to do within me. I have huge issues with patience. I have huge issues with retaliation. I have a lot of work to be done in my life. All these examples that we saw up here, they had to be pure in heart. They showed mercy and then they were pure in heart. They had to have a pure of heart, otherwise they would have responded very differently. Many of us don't respond in a peaceful matter, manner because our, heart are pro- our hearts are probably not pure. Or a step back, maybe because we just aren't merciful to people. Or a step back because we're not hunger and thirsty for righteousness. Right? Or a step back even more because we don't mourn. We're not meek. We're not poor in spirit. And we kind of have to go back and see what beatitudes we need to work on. Sometimes I have to go all the way back to the very beginning. Pure in spirit. I have to be reminded, I have to be reminded over and over and over that I don't got this. Sometimes it's I'm not hungering and thirsting for righteousness. If all those things fall, the climax cannot be reached. So I want you guys to think in your life, but I want you to think this last week, what were some areas in your life where you reacted? When hatred came your way, when violence came your way, discrimination came your way, and you reacted. You just reflected that hatred right back to that person. Thank you for listening to this week's Bible study at Hope Collective Church. Feel free to join us next Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. if you are in between ages 18 to 40. Or join our Sunday morning service at 8 or 9.30. See you next time.